0: People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life.
1: I like Wes Eisley. I like everything about him.
0: All right, here we are. We're back. We have uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Doc Dixon, a Fool Us winner. An all-around great guy. He's also an amazing comedy magician. And the lines and the stuff that this guy comes up with, not only in magic, but I'm talking about just the stuff that comes off the top of his head. The dude is funny. I I love every time being around him, every time I get on the phone with him. He has to hang up the phone call because I don't want to get off the phone with him. I'm just, I'm having a blast. (laughs) But uh, everybody, it's Doc Dixon. Woo-hoo! What's up, Doc? I, I feel so much pressure no. <laughs> you don't have to be funny. Well, you are funny. It's natural to you, man. You don't have you to work at it at all. It. And you, you got it wrong. It's not Doc it's, it's not Dixon Fool Winner. It's Fellow Fool Winner. That sounds there good, doesn't go. it? That just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> good God. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet, isn't it? It is. It really is. So, uh, how's everything going, man? Good?
1: Why? Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Good, uh, good job. During the road, at times, my uh, as a new barber,
1: uh, no joke. I, I she says, "Well, how's it look?" I go, "Well, the hair looks great, but the face needs some work." And and she says to me, "Oh, well, you can't improve on perfection." I thought,
0: "Good barber." <laughs> You'll like be
1: going back the there. Skills and the people skills, you know, indulging. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. See, I have my wife cutting my hair, and she's like, you're done, honey. How's it look? Just go take a shower. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) There's hair all over the ground. Uh, No, we don't have a flobie. She just, uh, we actually, I was actually getting my hair cut, and back when we first got married, we didn't have a lot of money, and I was getting my hair cut every other week. And my barber, hair dresser, my hair cutting lady, she said, what would you do to your hair? Natalie could do it in like two minutes. It, It wouldn't take her anything. She lies. And then, um, and then I said, oh, okay. And I like the lady. I, but the problem was I like to get a haircut at 9 a.m. F- as soon as the lady woke up in the morning. And she didn't like getting to the barber shop that early. So she was ready to get rid of me as a customer because I wanted to be an early riser. So anyway, Natalie cuts my hair now. So if it looks funky, she's the one that does it.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I, I got more than a few years on you. And it's the hair.
0: <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, it's like, wait, wait, wait. Hair 17J is out of place. <laughs> That's funny. See what I mean, guys? The dude's funny. Uh, Doc, how'd you get started in Magic, man? Let's get this interview started. How'd you get started in Magic?
1: Sure. Uh, I, I guess, like a lot of guys, uh, uh, the twin factors. Uh, books Uh, I had the Amateur Magician's Handbook which uh, a a ton of guys of my generation uh, that's what what started us off because that book you know for your your non-magician listeners uh, that's one of the few books you can buy in
0: Still holds up. You know that's that's um my parents got berated with card tricks as well. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) I
1: mean,
0: you got to practice on somebody, man. Then it becomes your wife when you get married.
1: (laughs) You're you're (laughs) yeah. I I have not taken it. Rarely do I show my wife a trick. Oh, Um, you're not
0: shoving cards under the bathroom door for her. (laughs) Oh no. Well, you know that probably wouldn't bother her as much because. Growing
1: up, I was the youngest. I got a brother who's seven or eight years older and a sister who's seven or eight years older than him. It was just three of us. But we have
0: seven kids, uh, including six boys at home. Oh, my. So uh,
1: I, I think she's had enough people banging up the door. I'd probably be taking my life into my hands.
0: <laughs>
1: I already shoved cars under the door. Yeah.
0: Oh, my. Yeah, she's probably bothered enough. <laughs> she needs a moment of peace. When,
1: when she does watch tricks, and, and, and I know uh, Wes and I have spoken about this, that I'll see some trick, you know, see some guy do some trick, and I think it's really cool, and I'll show it to her, you know, a video of me online, uh-huh. and she'll go, "Are you serious? Why are you showing me this and things which I, as a magician, take for granted?"
0: she will just say to me why is his hand that way wow. uh, yeah
1: you know the guy and the guy and she's right the guy's palming something holding out uh whatever the, the coin a prop is and things as magicians i am or in my head you know i just kind of excuse because i'm not thinking it, 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 the, it, the way i i, I should be uh, uh she she points out kind of the uh uh, excuse me uh, you know uh, the emperor has no clothes kind of
0: thing right um, you're following you're following all the misdirection you're you're going for the ride and she's looking at it and nailing every aspect of it
1: yeah and, and it's not so much that I'm fooled by it and, and, and follow the misdirection that way I'm, I'm excusing it when I shouldn't yeah yeah and yeah uh,
0: she called the term we use is uh, that guy has magic hands yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, so tell me about seven kids. At, seven kids, six at home.
1: Six at home, yeah. Uh, six boys, uh, current ages uh,
0: five to fourteen. Wow, there's never a dull moment at your house.
1: No, which I want to say to if you if you hear noises in the background, that's that's that they've been they've been told to, to keep it down a little. Daddy's on the phone. But,
0: <laughs> well. What? We understand. It's not a big yeah, deal. Get, <laughs> we got three months three month old in the other room, man. We, we totally get it. We totally get it. So, as I told you yesterday, seven kids, the first thing that pops into my mind is my dad's voice. Seven kids. Does that guy not have cable TV? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, in, 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 in our case, it, it kind of takes the, uh, the, the thunder out of that joke. In our case, all, our, all of our sons came to us through adoption. Wow oh, very cool
1: Which, Yeah uh, I, I, uh, We I, It's funny I'll, I'll talk about that In my show sometimes And uh, Yeah Basically up front I'll tell jokes About just having This many kids And all the things That go into that And At the end I, I just started doing this Many years ago Because if I thought You know If there's someone In the audience I don't know Who the audience is Maybe there's someone there That's uh, considering adoption Well you know Seeing a guy Who's Relatively normal. Uh, Who's done it a bunch of times? It, it may, you know, push them a little in that direction. I just mentioned it. But then, you, you, you know, I, I realized quickly as an entertainer, uh, I'm not up there to have a soapbox. Even a soapbox is acceptable as that. So I would tag it with this. You know, uh, people wonder. You know, what made us decide to do this? So it was basically this. We, I realized. I realized something. My my wife is a very beautiful woman. And me, I'm an average-looking guy. But we have a lot of ugly relatives. And, uh, <laughs> I wasn't willing to take the chance. <laughs> That's funny, Aww. dude. No, we have, it, it, it's funny. I'll, I'll do that joke, and everyone reacts just the way you reacted. There is half. There is half a beat pause. <laughs> anyway, oh yeah. Oh, goodness.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. You do that so trick. You three, do that. Six very good-looking boys. You do that uh, joke at your family reunion. Yeah, I'm just doing my set, guys. No, no, this no, is my no, normal no, no. set.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'll tag it with this. Uh, I have great in-laws, but hey, I got jokes to do. So I'll tag yeah. it with this. Oh, yeah, my wife's a pretty blonde. I got to tell you, the first time first time we went on a date, I met her parents. It was, you ever watch The Monsters? Oh. Yeah, bring home a boyfriend? Yeah, you know, that would Oh, <laughs> Poor in-laws I know my, my, my in-laws don't like that
0: joke as much Well the first time I ever saw I'm changing the subject totally now The first time I ever saw you Was on your penguin lecture um, And oh, I okay. i have the subscription to the penguin thing So I, I see everybody By the way for any
1: non-magicians listening uh, I'm really into birds
0: Penguin Yeah well it was a penguin lecture So yes thank you doc course, Thanks for I thanks for Birds uh <laughs> sorry. No, you're, you're 100% right. I told Doc before this that we have uh, non-magician listeners and magician listeners. Penguin is a, a magic website that magician can go to and buy magic tricks. And they do little lectures where they teach magic and things. And Doc was hired to do one of these lectures. And sometimes it's, it's well-known magicians and in our industry, the top guys in the, in the industry. And then other times it's people you never heard of. Well, Doc was somewhere in the middle. I'd heard of him, but I'd never seen him work. <laughs> I'd never... I'd never... See, I mean, this was... That's
1: what I shoot
0: for. This was see seven... Me, this pretty. was... this. Was, <laughs> but, dude, that's... And I tell people every time I go to a lecture, that's the ones I... A lot of times when you see... I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Um, huge names in magic that does a penguin lecture. They go there, and they just kind of wave their hand and, and have an interview, and they don't show any magic. They don't talk about anything. They don't reveal any secrets and you're just honored to have them in the room. And I'm like, man, that's not really a lecture. That's something different. I didn't pay for that. It's like a showcase. But you came somebody. out there, man, and you blew it away. Um oh, Thank you. Thank dude, he did something and he just blew it off. It's the Dixon drop. It's a trick that I created called the Dixon drop and it's it's called that, but whatever. And you know, and the method is this. But the stuff that he could do with this thing, he was making um I'm going to tell Natalie. He cut the pack into four packs and would show you the card he cut to. The six of diamonds, two of clubs, nine of clubs. Mm-hmm. Then he'd mix them up. Two of diamonds, six of diamonds, nine of clubs. Which one? Which one? No, they're all aces. He'd turn them over and all of them were aces. Oh, and cool. he was doing this move. Well, he can do a cards across with that. He can do all these different things with it. And it was just one little move. Um, I saw him at uh, MAES that that September. I don't know how far along the... Do you remember how the distance between the Penguin Lecture and your... Uh, M A E S convention. It was, at least two, three years later. was it really? It all, it all blurs. Well, I thought it was just a all couple months later. Years ago, so. I thought it was just a couple months later, but then you came out they, there.
1: You know, they have been.
0: Um, I, and you did the Dixon drop, and you came out there, and you had your cup of coffee, and you were doing those lines, and I was laughing, and I was in awe of your work, man. You just you blew me oh, away, okay. and Great. you said mediocrity, and I didn't know you. If you're a full-time magician and and you're not on the cover of magic magazines, you're on the road all the time. You don't know all the other people. You know, I only go to one major magic major. I only go to one magic convention a year because I'm always working. So when I first got introduced to you, man, I was just blown away. I was like, whoa. Um, But yeah, if if you're a magician and you don't have Doc's Penguin lecture or get his DVD, The Dixon Drop, I I can't recommend it enough. It, It is fantastic. So, anything you want to say about I, that? I just wanted to. I would disagree, but that would make me a rude guest. Oh, there you go, there you go. No, man, it was it was no, fantastic. It, you know, it's, it, it, was, uh, it was it was. It's funny
1: the the origin of that. A, a similar, the same plot, similar in effect. You showed these packets, showed the face card, or were different cards, and you turned them over again and you, they were all aces. And the plot of that, I, I loved. Uh, commercial plot. Hey, they're a different band, they're aces. But a couple of things I, I didn't, well actually the biggest thing I didn't like about it is in the write-up itself, on your left side you are dead on your left side so I'm doing this and I read this and I go well you know I don't perform at a lot of pirate conventions
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wondered
1: how that joke would go over
0: no no yeah yeah Well, it's perfect. It's perfect for a Zoom show. I mean, it's it's 100% geared towards Zoom show. I mean, you do it in all of your shows, but anyone doing Zoom shows right now needs to incorporate that trick. Um, yeah, I, felt, I re-fell in love with it. I mean, I loved it, and that's how I knew you. I knew you. The guy that did the Dixon drop. I, and, and I'd only heard your name during that lecture, so I was like, the Dixon drop guy. That's the Dixon drop guy. That's how I remembered you <laughs> when I first saw you at the convention. But I knew you were coming on, and I rewatched that lecture the other day. And knowing the move, having the DVD, taking five years away from it and re-introduced to it. I mean, I'm watching you, you Magic Hands. I'm watching you. I'm burning you as a magician. I can't see it. it it's it's flawless. Yeah, and, it's and, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And I just want to say, it's not.
1: It, it's some of it. Uh, well, for the backtrack here. It's not because I'm you know kicking. Or a of hand, difficult side of hand, like one needs to uh, execute, you know, a flawless bottom deal or second deal. It's just I, I think the way the move is constructed,
0: uh, there's just nothing to see. And the choreography and everything, yeah. Yep. 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 So anyway, it was awesome. Do you have anything? Okay. Do you have anything new in the works that I can get excited about?
1: In that regard is like you know it is you know with the shutdowns and all that we all talking about you know well okay we missed the shows but i've also found myself and other performers i've talked with have experienced this too it, that we, we you, you, you miss the the life all those things that went like went along with performing whether it was you know if you're traveling alone i'm gonna catch up on Ten podcasts right now yeah you, you, you know uh, things like that or just uh oh like I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, greasy spoon restaurants oh wow uh, if I'm in a city for the first time I will I will ask the locals where's the place to go I don't want to find something online I just and just and uh, you know missing that stuff but anyway, all that big uh it it's afforded me the time to write more so i have uh several projects in the pipeline um, which probably give birth to uh whenever this begins to clear up you know i mean for all of us it, it think you know we th- i think this is the time to get our ducks in a row uh so when things open up we're not well time to get ready to uh, no, we are the seeds. You know, you want to harvest, you plant the seeds months ahead of time. That sort of thing. So that's what I'm doing. So yeah, I
0: got a few things, uh, mostly writing related. Awesome. Well, I can't. I can't wait to see it. As soon as you get them, you let me know, and I can tweet them out or let my listeners know. Hey, go get them now. Docs released them. Oh, so thank you. Yeah, I, please let I, me know. I will defi- um. Defi- so as a as a Fooless winner, any behind the scenes stories or experiences you want to share with us? I've I've already I did a full episode on our our venture there, even that you know, we had a day off before and after our performance that we could go explore the city and we did. Took my girls around and did that, but that was rare. Um, so how was how was your experience with the whole Foolus thing? Well, I, I went out on the fullest stage I don't know ah, just the guy with a half dollar might have been smaller maybe but the prediction was big that's my only th- I got a bit <laughs> of a reach You right. should have put it on a 3x5 card <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing is uh, Penn says uh, that you know I can't believe he came out here only with a half dollar Dude, I brought like 45 half dollars with me just in case I lost 44 of them. I mean, I was, I was that paranoid because I don't know, I know if I can get a half dollar in a Vegas. Set of shells. It's the, oh, I went out there,
1: you know, the, the, the trick I did involved cracking a walnut at the end and I went out there with a, I don't know, two, three pound bag of walnuts I know it's the size of a shoebox, however so much that was because I didn't want to have to rely on finding a store
0: absolutely yep
1: and so I'm I'm going through the you know uh, security and they're in my carry on and uh, guys guys like you know I'm gonna have to look at those and I don't know what it was I mean it it was
0: it was a bag of walnuts but it delayed me about 20 minutes yeah wow
1: that was (laughs) yeah that was more than I did did not expect that that was a you know, it's like, oh, my that And then, you know, uh, uh, like, you are uh, blessed to be a fooler at the end of it. And uh, it's a, you know, rather ecstatic feeling because I, I know I, – I guess there's some guys that go into it thinking, okay, this is going to be a fooler.
0: I didn't. I mean, no. did you go into it with that? Way? No, Natalie's, Natalie says stuff that she was confident of me and she knew I was going to win. But – man no and and at some points sometimes in my thinking about it, I was like, "I have a fifty fifty chance they could They could say this or they could say that, or you know, I fooled when I took it to m a e s and I showed all these big name magicians, I was fooling everybody, everybody was thinking I was doing the old um the wobble you you probably know the wobble that was in the seventies. Do you know the wobble oh yeah, when it doesn't. That everybody thought I was doing the wobble, or they thought I was yeah. doing, uh, you know, using my thumb to feel some weird. No, no, it was it's a different method. I, it's something I came up with. And when I was fooling people, and I have a close up version as well that I do in restaurants that I could do right under people's nose. And they're the secretary and they make a prediction. So my prediction says you get them all right except number three. And they get them all right except for number three. The prediction's written on the back and they're doing check marks is 1X. And I mean, I was doing it in the hospitality suite underneath, you know, anybody, any name a big person, name a big celebrity in magic. So I was, in my, my back of my mind, I was like, I fooled those guys. That's what gave me the confidence to send it to the tape to them to begin with. But, I mean, who am I? They're older than me. They've been in the business longer than me. Whatever research I've done, Teller obviously could have done the same research or knows the same people that could have given them the same idea. How do you know? I've tried to tell people in the past, Talk to a doctor and say, hey, why haven't you cured cancer? The doctor that's going to cure cancer is doing the same research you're doing or has access to the same research. That's how it's like to fool Penn and Teller. How the heck do I know what's going to fool them or not? Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think that uh, I think what helps, and I, case it's it's a fair though it's an easy to understand effect you know it it is an obscure effect I, I could probably cite in my head maybe two or three three things in all magic literature that relate to it hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what what book
1: it was based on. And you know, these guys are stage magicians. Uh so
0: And sometimes I don't even know. though Penn and Teller can't recreate it or can't do that trick, they can just say, you know, hey, it's along that you know, it's very it's very Slidini esque. That's it. And they're like, Yeah, but there was extra twists and turns there. Yeah, but it was Slidini esque. We know what you did.
1: Okay. Well yeah it is, you know, some of it, I, I think it, at that point, the performer, and, and this was big in my head when I was there, uh, it, it just goes to the fact that, okay, yes, this is also as a, th- this is not a competition with a show element. This is a show with a competition element. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I said to Mike if I am busted tell them to say this word mm. and
0: it was so I knew because I, I'd heard stories through the grapevine Yes. So they gave us a they gave us a speech downstairs, and you probably got the same one that just said, you know, you're among the best just being here. Be happy just to get this TV credit, and you know, however it goes, it's not about fooling them; it's about having fun. Go out there and have some fun. And
1: it, it really is, and, right? You know, and, and you know, one of my little personal credos in my life is don't be that guy. Yeah. Is, is the primary thing not, not the, the, the the competition uh, aspect of it um, it's it's fun you know it's it's a uh, it's a very fun experience very positive experience but I know with with COVID and everything you haven't had the chance to go back to be in the show yet have you? no, no.
0: tell me about that I'm so excited tell me about that how awesome
1: was that? Uh, it's it's swell <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's cool. I, b- I believe that's her title, is so gracious, all about taking care of you, know, uh, you know, and, and you know, just, just so friendly. I mean, like, the whole experience, everyone's so kind. Uh, it, it, Penn says we have one of our foolers in the audience tonight. You know, it's a little kind of a cool thing there. And then shortly before the ending, you're uh, escorted back. And then uh, Penn brings you... Introduces you and uh, I blogged about this on the site, uh, my, my website, and it says it says some very gracious things. And then uh, afterwards, uh, you hang out in their monkey room, oh. which what they call the monkey room, which is their their lounge where they greet uh, people and all that. Now, when I was there, oh, I'm going to screw up the guy's name. Uh, he is like a heavy metal, slash metal, whatever you call it, icon. Uh, oh, darn it. I can't think of his name. But like a buddy of mine, it was, I was back there with my wife, Bethany, and a very close friend, Joe Cursillo. And uh, Joe immediately knew who the guy was. Kerry King. Okay. Kerry King is his name. And he goes by, pardon me, Kerry Bleeping King.
0: Okay.
1: huh and you know he's there and and it was just a real cool experience just hanging and chatting I I, I will tell you though at least for me I can't speak for everyone else it was very slightly anticlimactic oh no no I don't mean it in a bad way no 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 I mean because the words I mean you, you know when Penn says you fooled us whoa what a rush yeah I speak for myself I did not expect to hear those words yeah so uh, just you know just really uh, just overjoyed and ecstatic afterwards uh, and so the experience you know that was the you know the, that was the reward yeah. now, now being in the show awesomely cool fun
0: Were they were they as warm and receptive to you during that performance as they were during the night of? Because when they do those taping of those shows, I mean those audiences are on fire. They're ready to laugh and have fun. Were they like that on just a regular night of Penn and Teller as well?
1: Yeah, they they were. They were a a great audience. Uh, I did the routine I did on the show with them. I didn't do it with them though, because you don't do Penn and Teller aren't on stage for that. I think they're getting ready to. But I brought up, uh, I asked actually I asked someone to come up, a couple to come up from the audience uh, to play the roles of Penn and Teller. And I, and I said to the guy, as a husband and wife, I said to the man, you will be Teller, which means you understand what that means. And, and he said, yes, I do. And then I looked at him disapprovingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I turned to the woman and I said, uh, and you'll be Penn. <laughs> and uh, you know and it did the routine and uh, you know and that was it and then Penn comes out and he says you bleepity bleep you fooled us you know wow like, it's like you would expect from Penn you know a very uh, fun affable you know kind of thing and he hands you the trophy and you, and you, and you walk off stage
0: wow that's great
1: Well, the it, other th- it, it was fun. When I say it was anticlimactic, I'm not saying it wasn't a whole lot of fun. It was. But
0: the moment of winning it... Yeah. Oh, it's hard to top that. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it really is. Um, see, the night that I won, they gave me my trophy right when I got off stage. They took the, the one that falls. That only goes as far as the curtain. And then it gets hoisted yeah, back that up. that's what happened to me. Okay. But then they gave me one that was in a box... And they said, this is your trophy. We're sick of mailing them all over the world. They're getting broken in storage and people aren't receiving them. So we're just going to give it to you. So now I've been in the, in the dungeon in the basement hanging out with, you know, five other performers that night all night long. And they know that I had nothing but a half dollar and a cell phone in my pocket. I was, you know, texting <coughs> my wife and checking my email. So if I leave with this big box that's rectangular shaped as trophy sized and I have to walk by the Starbucks or everybody's hanging out afterwards, so I had the production lady carry it to my hotel room and, you know, we walked, you know, down the hall together. But I was scared because of that, that $250,000, if I say anything that I won, I didn't want to give off any hints or clues or anything that I won. I was scared to death. Uh, sure, yeah. And then, and then trying to get it home. I'm telling the, the ticket agents, hey, look. This is not a bomb. It's not anything. If I have to buy another seat for this, I am. But it's not going underneath the bus. It's not going underneath the airplane. It is getting a seat beside me. <laughs>
1: now see, I when I got mine there, I went over... Uh, this would have been September of 2019. I took it to FedEx.
0: Oh, they gave it to you there? I,
1: yeah, they gave it to me there. Yeah, oh, wow. To okay. I with them in the show. I... You were, you were much more discreet than I was because after the show ends, of course, I, I didn't have a non-disclosure agreement anymore. course Because, okay. you know, my episode had aired and I just performed in the show. So what I did was, in my, my, my you know lifelong goal to continually embarrass my wife, I uh, I took the trophy and I, and I shoved it in the front of my, the bottom of the trophy in my pants like it was a rodeo belt buckle. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm walking around the casino that way. I'm like, stop it
0: stop <laughs> I go no no, 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 Heck, no you earned that thing man you, you earned off. it <laughs> Dad, go on. my little girl gives me a hard time I'll go in my room and I'll, I'll like, pretend I'm wiping off dust totally letting her see me and she's like dad your head's getting way too big I wish you'd have never won that thing your, your head's getting way too big dad so
1: she gives me a hard time my 9 year old
0: Mm. Oh. And I'm like,
1: I'm like, my eyes are kind of big. I go, oh, you mean when Daddy goes on road trips? Stuff like that? And my wife's standing behind us, She starts shaking her head. And, and, and he says, no. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, he's like, he's children of the corn. <laughs> <laughs> Me, it's on my uh, video set when I
0: do Zoom shows. Yeah. And I, I have it up there
1: kind of, yes. And like if I'm doing a more family oriented event, I take it down because, you know, the trophy has a big FU on
0: it. Right, right. And, and I don't want to have to explain
1: that, you know, for these family shows. I mean, I'll explain it for the adult shows, but I don't want to put that. What would you, you know, I, I just picture some parent going, uh, Barb, would you, what what is that back
0: there? Oh, when, uh, you know? yeah. No, I wouldn't take it down. I wouldn't take it down. I'd let them ask the question and make them feel bad. What it means fool us. What are you thinking? That's how I would do. That yeah. How dare you? What are you thinking? Um. So what was what was the biggest change when you came home? I mean, did you notice a big change to your career? Was it a big uptake? Was it? I mean, I had emails. My phone was literally hot. From phone calls and emails and people congratulating me, I it, what thirty three hours? I don't know. I think I was up because I was answering phone calls and talking to friends and replying to tweets and emails and things. Um, my wife was like, "Go to bed. This is yeah, ridiculous." Yeah, he was obsessed with it. He needed to take a break. I'm like, "Honey, it's it's going on twenty four hours now. I think I think people will understand if you take a nap." But <laughs> I mean, Chris, if you sent me uh. A, a text that said, you know, hey, congratulations, man, I'm proud of you, I didn't want to just put a heart or a like, I'm going to say, thank you, Doc, that means the world to me, you know, hey, you're a fool or two, thank you, and I was trying to reply to all of them, um, but I won during a pandemic, yeah, it, it, so I didn't...
1: blew up for a couple days, yeah, uh, and, and it's, it's just, you know, the, the, the part, and I, I don't mean to sound a little sappy here, but the, the, the part that really... Uh, How many of, of my friends that me that happening made them so happy? Uh, and, and that's a humbling feeling, you know. They were, uh, you not just congrats, but uh, you know, a, a, a couple of friends tell you, several telling you, know, I teared up, right? It, it, you know, uh, to have to have friends that are so. just a real blessing it's just that that's a really humbling feeling and that that was a a big uh highlight of it and you know then and i'm sure you you had this too the you know people that are perhaps better known in the magic community Mm -hmm. and uh who just weren't aware of your work yeah um i'm 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 trying to think of the word It's just escaping me right now, but it's uh not
0: vindicating that's that's a bit dark for this, but it's uh validating yeah, yeah no a hundred percent yeah it's 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 a nice feel I mean not
1: that you know uh making a living at this and providing the family with three hots and a cot is't validating in a far more serious way. The nice thing is, is uh, it's
0: it's validating, and it, and, it, and it can be validating in a business way. Right. Um,
1: you know, I've had had several prospects that uh, were new to me, but that intro uh, opened doors. You know, that uh, otherwise, you know, I maybe could have still opened, but would have been a little squeakier. Would have been a few more doors involved.
0: Well, that's what we're hoping will happen once we get past this COVID. And I'm sure it will. I don't think that, you know, it,
1: it, I'm, I'm going to look at my... Incred- Actually, I don't have a crystal ball. I have a bowling ball that I stare at. Because <laughs> <You know? sighs> I don't know. I mean, I, I remember when this first started, I was thinking, oh, this will be wrapped up in June or July. Right. Blah, blah. Right. You know? So, so I, I, I don't try to anything but I don't know. hopeful expectation sort of thing uh yeah I, I, I think that it, it's like pulling back on a uh, uh, pull and arrow set you know you pull back on that string it builds up tension and I'm hoping that as this goes on I and mean, I get all easy signs but I think societally outside of entertainment the tension is increasing and in a positive way you know thank you vaccine thank you all of that
0: uh Boom. Yeah, people are ready.
1: Yeah, you know. uh, People people want to go back to
0: normalcy. Yeah.
1: uh, Really, whatever flavor of that is going to be, I mean, also just, you know, I I don't think we can continue this way. Uh, and, And by we, I mean, economically, I mean, restaurants still exist uh, you know I've been on a few movie sets, TV sets since this, this has gone down and you know I'm, I'm in a you know just south of Atlanta you know, people, they're still
0: making, they're still making entertainment. I mean, everybody's coveted up. Right,
1: right. Uh, or, you know, dial up an expert <laughs> you know they have different opinions left and right so I, I I
0: got a lot of hopefulness for you well I know when we were doing our big illusion shows before COVID we were telling people you know don't don't wait we were making it more expensive to buy tickets at the door buy your ticket now I'm going to punish you if you wait till the door because I told sure. people I said e- even your own mother will tell you she'll be there and then something comes up you know oh my ankle kind of didn't feel that great that night so I changed my mind but if they buy their tickets ahead of time they're going to be there. It's, it's amazing how that happens. You know, they could have a broken ankle and they show up because they've already paid that money. Um, I think after COVID, I think that's going to be different because people are dying to go out to the movie theaters. They're dying to go out to a live show. And I think those ticket sales are going to be a lot. I mean, crystal ball, like you said, but that's just my gut feeling. People are sick of being at the house. They're ready for an adventure. They're ready to try something new.
1: not live entertainment, but it's, I, I still think this is a valid comparison. I think it would have been back in 1997, 98, whenever the Beavis and Butthead movie came out. <laughs> okay.
0: Man. I saw a couple episodes, but I didn't go to the open premiere.
1: Locked into the room on a nuclear-powered jet ski or something.
0: Wow. It was
1: great. It was wonderfully, just the energy of it all. And my, my point is, you don't get that feeling sitting at home.
0: No. No, I, you know, I think it's, you know, in a theater, the audience, it's funny to see because you can see it. Um, when you're out watching a show where one person claps, but if nobody else claps, they they kind of look around and they stop. Like, whoops, maybe I wasn't supposed to clap then. And so it's the audience feeds off itself. And then for live shows, the performers feed off the audience. And you can't get that over Zoom. You it's you know, it's just not the same. So, absolutely. You,
1: you know, I, I'm not going to, I will differ a little. You can get it. But, yeah, you can't get it as much. Yeah. Uh, I I know the big game changer for me uh, on Zoom shows, a big part of my show experience is the the show is me interacting with the spectators. So the the interactive nature of Zoom is very important to me. Um, I know some have done shows on Facebook Live where people respond comments, all that I couldn't handle, that's not my thing so when I discovered on Zoom it was a a feature actually just fairly recent, uh, a few months back where on Zoom you can do a thing where you spotlight yourself where basically you become the main screen for everyone, as the host of the meeting you can also spot yourself and now someone else someone in the audience so when I had that ability able to uh, do the show, you know, do what I consider to be the show, that is the entertaining reaction between me and the other person. Let me give you an example. I don't know how funny. This will be out of context describing it, but I'm doing a routine where I ask someone to name a number. Early on, there's a business meeting. Early on in the business meeting before I came on, they were talking about hobbies and this guy said he collected hats. So I said to the guy, I go, tell me, you collect hats. Okay, I need you to name a number, any number you want, your ideal hat number collection. How many hats do you have? And the young guy says, I 200 hats. I go, tell me, I'm also wondering this. You got these 200 hats. Okay, someone comes over to your home. Are they on mannequin heads or are they just on the shelf? And the guy says, just on the shelf. I'm like, that's good. Because, you know, if someone sees that many disembodied heads in your house, it's really going to impact your social life in a bad way to make people feel comfortable, okay? Kids, kids a big laugh, you know, in, in, in the context of the whole thing. So, having that, uh, okay, it's it's not the in-person thing. Right. But it, I think it depends what you compare it to. It's not the in-person show,
0: yeah, but you know what? It's also not an Amazon, Hulu, or a Netflix show that doesn't know you're there. Right. Right. No, absolutely. You know, uh, talking about Penguin earlier, Penguin used to do a live tweet thing where you could tweet questions and ask questions during the thing. They stopped doing that. And just having that taken out of the lecture is makes it different. Now, yeah. now I don't have to be there on Sundays to watch it. Because if I have a question, I can't ask the performer, so I'm not in a hurry to watch it. yeah, just every every little aspect you gain or lose changes the dynamics of the show tremendously
1: and I think in in a kind of like a really drawback, back big picture kind of way I, I I think that's kind of one of the sadder things that that's happened uh, just societally, and uh, that there there's very few things where we all do together communally I'm not getting really deep here so put on your hip waiters but uh, when, when I was a kid I could I could vaguely remember watching the Ed Sullivan show and the Ed Sullivan show was a show where you'd have you have puppets you'd have a magician you'd have a rock singer you have an opera you'd have a comic you know this whole thing and the whole family would watch it together now, each of those acts had had their own cable channel. And now each of those have their own, you know, that's delineated down more to where we have, they have their own, you know, little YouTube channel. So it's, I just, I, I just miss that.
0: No, no, I totally get it. I mean, everybody used to everybody used to come to school and talk about, you know, did you see Beavis and Butthead the other night? And it's not that way anymore. Um, Natalie and I, yeah. for Christmas, we just got Game of Thrones because we didn't want to watch it during our busy season and get behind and then try to catch up and all that stuff. We'll just wait for the DVD. Now we waited for the whole thing to end. Everybody says it's good. Everybody says the ending was fine. Everything was great. Now we'll start and we'll just watch a DVD on our time. So... Have you, uh, have you done the Cobra Kai thing yet? Oh, uh, we're in love with it, but my little girl went away for a week to uh, the in-laws, and uh, we're waiting on season three. We're waiting. I saw that you posted some stuff on social media about uh, broken tables, and that was, that was funny. But um, no, I haven't, I haven't done season three yet. Yeah. What? Everybody knows Cobra. Kar- I mean, I just won't, this won't be a spoiler. <laughs> no, but the whole town. Everybody Everyone knows Cobra. Kar- in-
1: talk about anytime there's a car chase in a movie. Okay, we're just waiting for
0: the uh, the fruit vendor to get hit. Right. You know, the produce cart. When's somebody gonna run into that? And invariably it happens in so
1: many movies. That's like, you know, the, this cinematic cliche and this thing. When's somebody gonna be slammed on a coffee table? Like, a glass coffee table, you,
0: it has a very short lifespan in the valley. That's funny. I can't wait. It's good, though. Season three is awesome. It's, you know, it is, it is, uh,
1: it, it it's not the deep... It's far from the deepest thing you ever watched. Oh, but it is decadent, good, clean fun.
0: Awesome. <laughs> so... Well, guys. we did a pre-interview yesterday, and you were talking about uh, Cornholio being caffeinated up, and you're the most caffeinated person I know, but I know there's method behind the madness. But every time I see you, you have a cup of coffee in your hand, and you're stopping to take these deliberate pauses and take a sip. And... You know, I I remember, I don't remember where I heard it, but I remember because I do county fairs and people say, oh, you shouldn't stop your show ever to take a sip of water, but it's 100 degrees outside, I'm taking a sip of water while the person's coming up out of the audience or something, and I always try to hide it. But you have it as like, you know, it's just your little thing you have on stage, you drink your cup of coffee. But uh, tell me the George Burns story and where that's in relation, I think it's awesome. And we only have like four more minutes left, so...
1: Uh, a a couple of angles. One, in the 90s, worked a lot of comedy clubs, a lot of comedy clubs, guys walking on with a beer. Two, being a fan of the Rat Pack, uh, Dean Martin, always walking on with a drink. That drink often had apple juice in it, didn't matter. It was part of the persona. And George Burns with the cigar, uh, he, the the cigars he smoked, George Burns, very rich, would smoke expensive cigars. He smoked El Productos, which are a cheap Uh, machine made cigar but he smoked those on stage because they were the most reliable to stay lit and he talked about that when he would take a draw on the cigar and the end of the cigar would get red it was uh, somewhat Pavlovian with the audience tell the joke, take a drag on a cigar they see the red light, they laugh Uh, for me uh, one additional thing with with the coffee, is is that I think seeing that if if you're um, driving in a car with someone or someone else is driving and you're tired, if they're a bad driver, you don't, you're not going to take a nap. You just can't. You're too anxious. Right. But if you're uh, confident in them and they are confident in their driving, well, okay, you're tired. Take a nap. Um. I think the coffee uh, projects that. I mean, it's, in essence, listen people, I've, I've done this so many times. I'm just going to sip my coffee here and we're going to have a great time.
0: I think it does. And, I, I 100% think it... It's kind of the subtext of it. No, I love it. I love it. Dude, you're the best. Now, I don't do it... Yeah, you
1: know, let me make clear. I don't do it during shows like a family audience with kids. It just wouldn't look right. It would look a little self-indulgent, I think.
0: Uh, and said I should have an ice cream cone. No, no, no. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but, you know, I, I didn't know it was motivational, but then I started watching your video and I watched your lecture again and I remembered back and you always had a cup of coffee at the MAES and during the Penguin Lecture and and the way you took breaks and took a sip, it was very relevant to George Burns, you know, tagging a punchline and, but it looked so casual and so on purpose. That's why I asked because... Uh, and it, dude, it's and awesome. It can't give
1: me time to think too.
0: You know, yeah. Someone just said something. Thinking, thinking. Sip, sip. Thinking. That's it. You know, I know what I'm gonna say. That's awesome. Well, dude, we had we went to pre-interview yesterday about an hour, and we were talking about funny show stories, disaster stories. We had so much other to cover, but we're out of time, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this with us. Um, Thank you, have, you
1: fellow Fuller.
0: Uh, there you go, man. Uh, doc, Hello, Mr. No, oh, thanks. <laughs> DocDixon.com. Check him out. Check out his. If you haven't seen his um, Fool Us appearance, it is awesome. And the confidence level he has at the end, he doesn't look like he's wavered at all. He he doesn't have a care in the world. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Wait, oh, so you're one to talk. You were like the
1: actual <laughs> cowboy gunfighter on Fool Us. <laughs> yeah, well, that
0: was just After coincidence. <laughs>
1: Come on. <laughs> hey, one quick thing. For magicians, go to dixonmagic.com. There you That's go. That's my
0: stuff is. Awesome. Uh, Facebook, Doc Dixon. Twitter, Doc Dixon. Doc, stay on the line, man. Thank you for everything. I just got a couple plugs real quick. Stay on the line, man. I'll be right back. On uh, January 22nd at 7 p.m., we'll be doing our full evening Magic and Illusion show live on stage but zoomed into the comfort of your living room. This is a fundraiser show for a couple different elementary schools and the proceeds will truly help them out. For ticket information, please check out my events page at wesisley.com. and all 16 episodes of Wes Isley's Magic Life Season 1 are available on Jewel TV, the Jewel TV app. Um, also, we just got message that It's on YouTube. Season one is on YouTube. Absolutely free until season two debuts in February. So check it out. Wes Eisley's Magic Life. See See you next week. week. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Express Copy and Graphics. Mention promo code Wes Eisley to get 10% off. Their website is expresscopy.com. That's X-P-R-E-S-S-C-O-P-Y.com. They do it all. Copies, banners, signs, vehicle wraps, promo items, practically anything you need printed, they can do it for you. These guys are great. Check them out. Check us out online at wesisley.com and patreon.com forward slash wes underscore Isley for behind the scenes videos, blooper videos, never before seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W E S I-S-E-L-I.